0: Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Roman Skaskiew. Uh, this is the third episode um, where we where we talk. The, the last two were focused on the Ukraine uh, crisis, uh, Russian war, whatever you want to call it. Right now, um, this one's going to be is going to take a, a very different turn. We're going to talk about the utility of getting an MFA, a Masters of Fine Arts in in writing. And Roman is a graduate. Of the most, I would say the most prestigious program in the world, which is the Iowa uh, Writers' Workshop, and we're just going to talk about, you know, you know what it's like, uh, you know, how he found it, um, and other other questions that writers might have. So, Roman, uh, um, let's get started. What? Why did you decide to apply to the Writers' Workshop?
1: Well, thank you for having me again. It's a pleasure. Um, I applied to Iowa because I, I seem to have uh, a talent for writing, if I say so myself. It was one of the one of just a few things that I think I'm naturally good at, and I, I had a great passion for it, and I'd uh, like to try to return to it someday, although life has taken me down a different track. So I applied to it after I got out of the Army the first time in 2004.
0: Anna? When you applied, you know, what, what was the application process like? What did you have to submit? And and were you did you apply anywhere else? Or was that the only one you applied to? Uh
1: like like everything in Iowa, it's it's refreshingly simple. Uh you submitted a certain number of pages. I think in my case, I submitted two short stories. Uh one related to my time in Iraq, the other not. And uh and yeah and besides that it was just basic information and I was accepted there I think I also applied to Columbia and Cornell and I think Columbia rejected me and Cornell accepted me if I remember correctly
0: And how how did you find the workshop I mean, like look you're you came from a military background um which you're not everyone in the military is right leaning but the the set of personal characteristics that would self select someone into a military career tend to be you know higher have a higher correlation among people with a right leaning political perspective and the opposite can be said of kind of the the writing community right there i would say it's overly skewed um, kind of a left-wing political perspective. And I imagine Iowa was the same way. So talk, like, what was that? First of all, is that characterization a gross, you know, is that a gross mischaracterization of reality? Or did you, you know is it accurate? And did you experience some of that while you were at Iowa?
1: Uh, I think that characterization is spot on. And I felt, maybe that's why I felt like a, a little bit like an outsider in both places. But uh, but for me, they were both seemed like pretty, pretty natural decisions.
0: When you say both places, you mean the military and Iowa? Yeah.
1: yeah, the military, especially being a light infantry officer. Like I, I do not have the personality for that. Like I, no, you don't. I, <laughs> you I, don't. I don't
0: either. Actually, it, yeah. it's
1: uh, that's not that's not to say I didn't eventually become good at my job. But man, it was a steep learning curve. The 82nd Airborne Division after. You know, just being a nerdy student at the Stanford School of Engineering, um, yeah. And there is that expression that eighty second eats their young. Like you, you either mature quickly or or you get broken. I, by the end of it, I think I was good, but it was a a steep learning curve. Um, although that's more that's more just like personality traits than uh, yeah. leaning, right? Um, I guess politics was just not that important to me at that point in my life. And same thing in. In Iowa, I I was in Iowa 2005 to 2007. Uh, The country was less divided then, so politics were less important. And I could say with confidence that those were two of the best years of my life. I loved it there. Uh, Iowa, in contrast with other programs, gives you really few responsibilities. You just have to show up to workshop once a week. And you can take other classes if you want, but you don't have to. that's in contrast to uh like columbia where like you you know you have classes and you have homework and you have to read stuff and write essays like in iowa you're really just a part of a community that cares so much about writing and it's just incredible and i think the fact that everyone there just cares so much about writing like you know that that Sort of transcended the any political differences we might have had, though so I'll tell you i didn't I didn't feel them that strongly. maybe that was a characteristic of two thousand five or two thousand and seven uh, or maybe maybe it's something that changed that didn't that's still there I don't know
0: and when you were at were in the program, were you kind of on the older side like were there a lot of young people or there was it like all across the spectrum?
1: Oh, it was all, definitely all across the spectrum. Yeah, I felt like I was right right in the middle. I think I was in my early 30s when I was there. So yeah, I felt like, like I was in the middle. One thing I did feel strongly about, like oh, one strong reaction given that I had just gotten not just out of the military, but home from Iraq. Like <laughs> you'd see <laughs> writers get like a little emotional when people criticize their work. And I was like, "Are are you fucking kidding me? Like, there's no, there's nobody shooting at me. You know that that's good enough." <laughs> uh, no, I I certainly I certainly understand their reactions though. Like it's, it makes for a good joke. But like writers do tend to be more sensitive people, and you know mm-hmm. more, yeah, and like care a lot, and and like I I get it how they react as they did, but getting out of the army like like i was just i couldn't get over like how little how little i had to worry about
0: yeah it's it's also a skill that you have to unlearn right because in the military it's very direct and it's very quick like you can't yeah. sugarcoat anything because every second lost is you know increases the probability that a life is lost so yeah. you know whereas you get into this kind of corporate in environment you're you're dealing with something very similar to what we were talking about in the last segment about the way the Russian like military apparatus works like you just tell people there's a, there's a culture of telling people what they want to hear and um it can be a rough ride for you if you if you're a, if, if you're a truth speaker um you know, but I imagine I imagine Iowa was you know good for that in terms of you're working with each other to help improve the, the writing and, and 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 things like that like how how were you received as a as a military vet
1: in the program um well, I think there was one other in the year before me, but we were we were definitely novelties uh I remember even one part they said you are in the army uh what army <laughs> uh, <laughs> was it the were you, did you go to israel to fight in the i d f and I was like no no, the American army our army it was like, oh right. <laughs> Uh, so so you were like a little bit of a novelty and i think a lot of writers are like a uh, a lot of talent without a lot of content so like
0: yeah there, yeah there,
1: there is a little bit like uh envy that they i guess you you're perceived as as having done something with a, a lot of uh gravity um which is probably an accurate perception you know
0: And what, what, like the two short stories that you submitted, were they short stories that you sold um, before going into Iowa or were they short stories that you just, you had just written um, in order to apply to the program?
1: Yeah, they're just written. Um, I think one after after I had been in Iowa, uh, I published both of them in not very well known journals. And one of them is self published as a novella called A Convoy Home. So, if you go to Amazon and you search for my name, Convoy Home, it's one of three novellas that i I published I am not commercially successful or you know successful in terms of prestige in any way as far as being a writer goes so so i have not i have not followed up on on those uh, on the my lauded roots as a Iowa alumni
0: does that help like does it matter um what the the quality of the institution that you went to for an ms mfa program
1: i don't know um i cuz i mean that there you have to ask somebody who's making decisions about what gets published and what doesn't uh, there's both resentment and uh and, but also like credibility so uh, it may it may just depend on who picks up your manuscript who answers your email or something like that
0: have you ever tried to apply, you know, or not apply, but send a, a manuscript to the New Yorker or other, you know, um, publications that are considered highly, highly prestigious? Paris Review, I think, is another one.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I never get answers. Uh, as one of my friends said, there's a reason they call it submission. <laughs> but probably I mean, And the process did, is horrible because, like you have to wait for like a month or two or three to get an answer. Some of them insist that while you have a application waiting an answer for them, you don't send it anywhere else. It's like, it's, it's hard to believe how bad the process is in our digital age. And yeah, I, I kinda, I I do want to get back to to writing because I've got a few things to say. And I kind of want to get the landscape of self-publishing or finding a publisher. I don't know what's the better decision. I'm in the software business, so for the last ten years, I've had a different internet startups. So I have one, one now, or moder- moderately successful, doing mm-hmm. blockchain stuff, and I'll I'll be sticking for that with that for at least a little while longer.
0: And what what sorts of projects do you want to work on when you return to it?
1: Um. Well, I, you know, they, the army pulled me back in like right after Iowa, I got pulled off the inactive reserve to uh, go back to Afghanistan for a second time. It was really hard to do because I had had enough having had two deployments before that. And I, I really didn't believe that we belonged there. And it was just really hard to go back. And I kept great journals while I was there and like, you know, maybe I maybe I lack courage. I think uh, Robert Frost said that uh, he Robert Frost has a great little talk It's on YouTube of how important courage is for writers, because y- you can always wait and get more information or you could always like make things better. But like you need to get out and say things. And I, I haven't like my second deployment into Afghanistan was like 15 years ago. And I kept these great journals. I just haven't s- sat down and, and done anything with them. And like the world has moved on, you know there there's a huge war in Ukraine that I just left. You know, I just got my family out. I came back to volunteer. Like the world has changed so many times since I had that experience of having to reluctantly go back to Afghanistan. So I don't know how relevant, how relevant all of that still is to the world. But I feel like I ought to write some of it down.
0: Oh, Roman, I think I think right now um, is probably your best opportunity ever. To really make an impact, because not only do you have, did you have that lived experience of three deployments, right? So two to two to Afghanistan, one to Iraq. In you know one of one of them in one of the most iconic American units. In fact, there's another alumnus that I interviewed on this, and I interview him all the time. His name's uh, Sean McFate, who was also. Um, an 82nd Airborne alumnus, and he you know, wrote this book, "The New Rules for War," and, and and all that, all that good stuff. But you have a very interesting set of experiences, and then you couple that with um, you know being from Ukraine, having lived in Ukraine for for a decade, and and then just watching—you've probably seen its meteoric rise from you know a Russian former Russian kind of vassal state to this thriving, independent technological hub um, with that's dynamic, et cetera. And now you're having to watch, you know, the the Russian orcs, so to speak, kind of, you know, marching in and just screwing up, um, you know, a, a beautiful story in a beautiful country that is really risen up by its own bootstraps and become a much more dynamic and free society. So there's a lot, there's a lot for you to say at this time yeah. in history. Yeah. You should definitely take advantage of it.
1: Thank you. I I think I will. Uh, I think I'll, I'll translate my moderate success in business to a lot of free time in the coming years. So I, I appreciate that. And your characterization of Ukraine just now, I, I agree with completely. I think what I saw in the last 10 years was the emergence of a Ukrainian middle class, possibly for the first time in its history. So like everywhere there were cool creative like so creative and delightful little restaurants popping up some of them were hilarious uh just like to cater to the more varied taste of a middle class uh, everywhere there were recreational centers being built like an animatronic dinosaur park that my son loved it's like everywhere there were traffic jams because for the first time in history ukrainians could afford cars and everyone was buying cars so uh yeah I'm glad I got to see that though it's still I, like Ukraine i would need to let it sit for a while and see how it plays out but one thing one thing that makes it difficult is like uh like i i have friends and acquaintances whose whose courage like just puts me to shame you know like a a guy who as soon as the conflict started when it didn't look like russia was incompetent like soon as it started he just volunteered and uh, uh he was the guy whose stuff got destroyed at, at Yavariv, you know or like so it's it's kind of embarrassing to uh it's kind of embarrassing standing adjacent to that to that kind of heroism especially since I have a military background
0: yeah but you like you didn't have to come back right like you got your family to safety right that's your first priority as a, as you know as a husband and father like that's what that's what all this is for right like Take care of your family first, and that's what you did. But then you came back. You didn't have to come back, you know. Well, thank you, so brother.
1: you'll make a great yeah. therapist someday.
0: <laughs> no, people don't want me as a therapist because if I start hearing, if I start hearing about some like writer who was whining at uh, at, at, <laughs> at Iowa about having their their manuscripts criticized, they're going to get the horns. They're going to be like, "Are you kidding me? Are you serious?" Like. <laughs> stop being stop whining are you like of all the problems you have you're worried about being criticized feedback's a gift you should be thankful you got feedback you know you're lucky somebody didn't just stab you in the back like you do in the real world so <laughs> so anyway i think i think there's definitely a great opportunity for you in this environment even if it's just small essays and at the end of the day uh you know you're already serving you know, both your country, the United States and, and your, you know, your ancestral homeland and you can continue to serve by writing, right? Even, even, even that has, you know, not only its own rewards, but its own opportunities to, to get the message out and, and to help people who are suffering right now. So anyway, I don't, I don't know what else uh, to tell you, but. No,
1: I, I th- I, yeah, I think that's spot on. So thank you. Uh, I do need I do need to attend to uh, to my business though. I make sure that I continue to employ the the uh, <laughs> dozen or so folks that I employ. So that that's also helping is uh, giving jobs to Ukrainian developers.
0: Yeah, yeah, which uh, you know, uh, uh, you know the, like most most companies do, right? They're I can only imagine how they're dealing with. Uh, you told me one story offline about uh, you know a woman you met who was working for a California-based startup uh, you know, in a bomb shelter. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, my wife and I, we left, uh, we left in kind of a hurry and left a bunch of stuff in our apartment. So one of the things I did when I came back to Ukraine was to organize all of our things so that they could be given away in an organized. Fashion. And
0: where, were, that, where was that? That apartment was in Kyiv,
1: right? No, that was in Lviv. That was in Lviv. Oh, Lviv. Okay. Yeah. So much safer. Like there were, there were air raid sirens, but there hadn't been any attacks up to that point. But anyway, I went there, and my apartment was occupied. Our what had been our apartment was occupied by uh, two refugee families. Uh, so I uh, I got to hear their stories.
0: But you, I mean, you you Was that by? Did they just occupy it, or did you? Did you? No, no. The uh, what
1: well, we weren't the owners. We had rented that apartment, and we we left early. I, like I said, we were planning to leave early. Oh, as it turns out, I have tickets to fly out of Kiev tomorrow. We were planning to fly to the u s march twenty first <laughs> uh, so the the landlord, the owner of the apartment, just decided to uh to accept a couple families there,
0: okay, with your consent, though like they he didn't just
1: yeah, because we we had left early and we're planning okay. to leave early even before the war started,
0: okay, all right, well. God bless you, my friend. Stay safe, stay alert, stay alive. And thank you for all you're doing. Um it's 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 horrible watching all this stuff on TV. So just keep up the good fight, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, talk to you soon.